0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Peculiar Youth Connect. Today, it will be on deception. You know, the Bible says in the last days that um, Jesus said that we should be careful because there will be a lot of deception going on. And what is truth? How can you identify truth? How do you know the difference between you walking on the narrow path or on the broad path? How do you know you're going through the narrow gate or if you're not going through the broad gate? how can you discern the voice of God? These are things we'll be talking about in this first part on deception. So I pray that this blesses you. Uh, f- please feel free to share. Um, if there's any uh, interference in the beginning, I apologize for that. We actually um, transitioning to go to an, another platform so that you'll be able to hear clearly. But anyway, I pray this blesses you and God bless. Take care. Bye.
1: road or the broad road Um, so I just want to refer us back to scripture um, because scripture is the basis of it's the foundation for our our gathering every Tuesday night and it's the foundation for our lives as Christians so I'm going to go to Matthew 13 verse sorry Matthew 7 verse 13 is actually where Jesus talks about narrow versus broad um, so the passage says, this is Matthew seven verse thirteen. It says, "Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only few find it." So that's the scripture. I think this is the first time that Jesus actually uses that word narrow. Versus broad, but prior to so just to put that passage into context. Um, so prior to this chapter, um, this act this chapter is actually a continuation of the uh, sermon on the mount, which actually starts in Matthew chapter five. So God Jesus takes a great amount of time describing to us, talking to a group of Christians, talking to religious folks. He basically um, takes a lot of time to describe the character of a person who is kingdom bound or the character of a person who is um, king who has kingdom citizenship. It starts from chapter five where it's talking about the beatitudes. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. It talks about um, the pure in heart. It talks about the peacemakers. It talks about those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It talks about those who those who are persecuted because of righteousness. And then he goes on to talk about you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. It keeps going and going and going. And he talks about also prayer and fasting. And So he describes, it spends great amounts of effort describing the character of this person, describing how a person who is on the narrow road should look like. And then he finally gets to this chapter, chapter seven, verse thirteen, where he basically tells us to enter through the narrow road, through the narrow gate. So if you notice that in that chapter, he gives us the answer. He tells us enter through it. It's not telling us choose between narrow versus broad. He's giving us the answer, he's saying enter it. Um <laughs> which is which is very important when you really think about the words that Jesus is choosing to to use here, it's critical, it's important. So so that chapter alone, when you think about how does this apply to us, how does it apply to the 21st century Christian? Um, how does it sort of inform me and how do I know which which road I am headed? Am I either on the narrow road or the broad road? So then we can talk about what is the difference? What does the narrow road look like? What does the broad road look like? So the Bible uses the word enter and uses the word find when it's talking about the narrow road. So that tells me, those are two verbs. Those are action words. That tells me that it's not easy to go on the narrow road. It actually takes work and it actually takes effort because you wouldn't use the word find or the word enter if it was something easy, if it was something that everybody was headed so that tells me that it's not a popular road right it takes work it takes effort on our part it takes building ourselves in the word. it takes seeking first the kingdom of god and his righteousness to be on the narrow road that leads to the narrow gate um it's also it tells me that you have to be grounded in the word um so, the narrow road so someone who is on the narrow road is a person whose will has been completely surrendered to the will of god whose, the will of God is literally what guides you. The will of God is what protects your daily living. The will of God is what is how you operate or the way you talk the, the way that you act, the things that you choose to do. every area of your life is completely and totally surrendered to the will of God. And the way I know that that's true is because after this after this verse we're talking about the narrow gate, He goes on to say that not everyone who says says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Therefore every goes back to verse 24 of that same chapter says therefore everyone who hears this word of mine and puts them into practices like the wise man who builds his house on the rock. So a person who is on the narrow road, you have to basically evaluate your character as it relates to the word of God. Let the word of God be the one to tell you, okay, what is my character like? Is it the character of a person who is kingdom bound? Is it the character of a person who is who Jesus is describing here? So if I had to, so to answer that question, um, how do you know if you are on the narrow road or the broad road? I think it just falls down to the will of God. What role does the will of God play in your life? And are you completely surrendered to that will? If the answer is yes, then you are on the narrow road. If the answer is no, then you are on the broad road, which is very easy to be on. It doesn't take any work on our part. There's no requirement to be on the broad road because majority of people are heading there, um, it doesn't take anything. You know, it's like you don't have to go find it. It's right here. It's, you know, you just have to look around in society. That is the broad road. But the narrow road is actually hard, and we have to find it, and it takes work and it takes daily application of the word of God, reading it, studying it, and allowing it to convict our hearts. That's how you know that you're on the narrow road. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you very much for that, um, Dr. Niefong. Yes, i um, also like to remind you that um, when you're not on the, if you're not the one speaking, please put your phones on mute. And if as much as possible, you, um, as much as possible, please make sure that the the area that you're on is in that quiet place. But thank you again for that answer. Um, today we're talking on deception and I have, um, I have Dr. Bridget Agbedi, who is the Senior Pastor of Home, of Home of Miracles Peculiar Assembly. I have um, Pastor Edirien Osa, who is also an, um, who is in charge of Peculiar Jesus Generation. I have I have um, Pastor Catherine Edihere, who is also in charge of the Singles Ministry at Peculiar Assembly. And I have Dr. Inifam uh, Udo, who is a medical practitioner, who is also a contributor to Peculiar Youth Connect. Again, we're disc- discussing on deception. Um, you know, it, it talks about um, you have to be completely surrendered and it takes effort to be on the narrow road and beyond to be on the broad road requires no effort. No, no, there's no rec- uh, effort on that because I think a human nature naturally drifts to what to the broad road. So the question that I have next, I'm going to pr- pivot this question to Reverend Dr. Bridget Agbedi and. How do you then discern the voice of God? And does God still speak today? Because there are lots of voices going on around today. Everybody's speaking to whoever they're speaking to, whoever they're listening to. How can you tell the voice that you listen to? Is it the voice of God is it your own opinion? So the question goes like this How do you discern the voice of God and does God still speak today? So this is for Reverend Doctor Bridget. God bless you.
3: Thank you very much. Um I'm happy to be with you as the College of Connect. The question before me is, "How can you discern the voice of God? Does God still speak? The answer is yes. God speaks. He spoke the word to existence. He is still speaking today. Now, the next question is how can you discern the voice of God, so let's first address what the sun means the so discern means to distinguish to detect to make out to recognize to differentiate to tell apart to tell something apart from another to so see through something that seems so close or similar or is presenting itself in a particular way. Now when you're talking of the discernment it deals with a person in their character or Something you have to make decision about, mm-hmm. so it calls for using another sense that is different from your five senses. What you see may be coming to you in a different way, but actually, what is behind, what you see be completely opposite of what you see so the segment is seen beyond what presents itself to you on the outside the word of God say man look on the outside but God looks in the heart and it says the heart of man is very wicked desperately wicked is deceitful, is desperate, looking we can, we can know it. Somebody can come to you with a particular motive that is completely different from the real motive. And the way it comes to you looks good, but the main reason they wanted to do what they want to do is behind the scene. What is driving why they're coming to you may be completely opposite of what they're presenting to you. And it takes the Holy Spirit to see beyond that. So I tell people that your God factor is a big factor. There are lots of things that God has led me by his Holy Spirit. And it's very contrary to what I'm seeing in the physical. And God has never been wrong couple of times I get kind of confused, miss it a couple of times because it, is, it takes practice to get it, but it's very important to know that the only sure way of discerning between good and evil is through the working of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible talks about the gift of discernment. It's actually one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's very important to be able to tell who is talking. Is it the devil talking to us? Is it our mind talking to us? Or is it God talking to us? Now, there are things that are very clearly stated in the Bible that we know God's position on that. Okay. We can tell that God says we we should not kill. So as a Christian, I don't want anybody to come and ask me the question, is it a sin to commit abortion? What do you do to the child? Okay, so we already know what the Bible says on that one. I don't expect somebody to come and say, "Is it a sin to steal?" We already know what the Bible says. Is it a sin to lie? We already know. So we already know God's, you know, God's position on some things. Oh, is it a sin to have sex before marriage? Is it a sin to commit fornication? Is it a sin to commit adultery? We already know what God says. <laughs> that one is not, what we are talking about. You don't really need. Discernment, when it comes to something that is so clear in the Word of God, it is that which presents itself in a way that is confusing and difficult to separate, that we actually need discernment about. For example, how do I know where to work? Okay, God did not say you must work in this company and don't work in that company. God did not say you you must um, work in a place where they're gonna pay you this amount of money and not in that other place where the money is not as much. God actually wants you to work in a place where the work is lower <laughs> or the pay is lower. So you don't know. But you need to let God speak to you because God sees tomorrow. God knows your future. God knows the things that will be good. He knows the things that will not work well. So there are things that we need the Holy Spirit to lead us and have discernment to distinguish exactly the things God wants us to do from what we're not supposed to do. Like how do I know which house to buy, for example? You, you don't see that in the Bible clearly find that you must buy a single family or you must buy in this particular uh, uh, um, city or you must buy in this um, particular neighborhood. No, you made that decision, but now you have to ask God to lead you as to the decision you're going to make. So you, you may be asking God, how do I m- know which person to marry? How do I know which person to marry? I mean, God is not... I mean, there are basic things that the Lord said, okay, you must not be an the and all of those things, but he's not going to tell you to marry somebody who's tall, somebody who's short, somebody who's this, somebody who's, who's, who's that. So that's your decision to make. All right? So now there are three main voices. All right? You hear the voice of your mind, your thoughts, your desire, your emotions. You hear the voice of the devil. You hear the voice of God. All right, God speaks through His Word, and He speaks through people also. But the most sure word of prophecy is the Word of God. So that is why we have to know the heart of God concerning issues, and allow the Holy Spirit to saturate us with the Word of God as we meditate on the Word of God. Because it is the word of God that renew our mind. It is the word of God that brings our flesh to submission. It is the word of God. A lot of times, my flesh. I was sharing with somebody today. I said, I thank God for the prayer of victory, calendar that He gives to us in this church. Because that has helped me through. I mean, through this whole crisis this year has been. Oh my God. And when I saw that it's my month of divine peace, I mean there have been times that the anger will come from my bosom, from the depth of me, rising up to the top. And the Holy Spirit will say, Peace I give unto you. It's the month of divine peace. Peace in your front, in your back, behind, around the blessing of God, the peace of God and Lord, I receive your peace. And I go to the word of God and I meditate on his word of peace and I receive that peace. What am I saying? The word of God is the most sure word of prophecy because if we don't allow the word of God to saturate our mind, we don't have time to study and meditate on the word of God. Because the word of God is like the is the fruit of the spirit. Okay? The word of God is like the base uh um it, 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 that, that is like the basic information that you need to even make a decision. And anything that is contrary to the Word of God, as a child of God, you know that that is not the Word of God. Because God will not contradict His Word. But as you meditate on the Word of God now, your emotions begin to submit to the Word of God. There are things that I will want to say. There are things I will want to do, especially with everything going on around me, and as I go into the presence of God and God speaks to me, sometimes I cry, my, my flesh must submit to the Word of God. Why? Because I meditate on His Word and I allow His Word to dominate my mind. And that is very, very important. Discerning the voice of God can never be separated from meditating on the Word of God. Now. In practical terms, now, how do we translate that? It takes constant practice to master discernment. It takes constant practice. And I'll just read Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 to 14, and then I'm going to give you the four practical things from this scripture. Hebrews 5, 8 to 14. I read from Amplified Version. It says, although he talking about Jesus was a son who had never been disobedient to the Father, he learned active, special obedience to what he suffered. Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered, okay put the word length there, put the word obedience there, put the word suffering there. And having been made perfect, uniquely equipped and prepared as Savior and retaining his integrity amid opposition. So you're looking at Jesus being prepared and being made perfect. And then he retained his integrity in the midst of opposition. Now he became the source of eternal salvation and eternal inheritance to all those who obey him, being designated by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Concerning this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull and sluggish in your spiritual hearing and discipline, and 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 this and uh disinclined to listen. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, because of the time you have had to learn this truth, you actually need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of God's word from the beginning, and you have come to be continually in need of milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is doctrinally inexperienced and unskilled in the world of righteousness, since it is a spiritual infant. But solid food is for the spiritually mature whose senses are trained by practice to distinguish between what is morally good and what is evil. Senses are trained. Now, obedience is learned. discernment is learned. We've got to be equipped. We must be ready to suffer in the flesh. And we must be ready to practice obedience. For you to discern, You must allow your flesh to literally die, to walk in full discernment. Because there are a lot of things that your spirit, by God's spirit, will be telling you to do. And it is not going to go well with your clout. It will not go well with your following on social media. It is not going to go well with your family. It is not going to go well with your friends. It is not going to go well with the societal expectation. It is not going to go well with people that you care for their affirmation. So you have to understand that for you to truly discern the voice of God, you must be ready to face. A repercussion, because sometimes God is showing you something that clearly can set you at variance with somebody that is very close to you, or somebody that is, that you care about, you care about their opinion, you care about their talk, they're expected to be on this particular, you know, path with them, and then the Lord is saying, no, don't do that. Or maybe they expected to marry this person, and God is saying, no, don't do that. Or maybe God you know, is saying, okay, you have to go this way, God is saying, don't do that. So the Bible says Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. Jesus was cheap. Jesus suffered in the flesh, and he practiced obedience. So you must be ready to practice obedience for you to, to allow the leading of the Holy Spirit to since Really make a difference in your life. If you are still allowing your flesh and the, what the people feel, what the people care, and all of those things to influence your decision, it will be difficult for you to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit because your flesh is so loud. The expectation of people is so loud in your mind that they drown the voice of the Holy Spirit. My pride that the Lord will open our ears to hear what God is speaking. The Lord would open our eyes to see what God is showing. The Lord will open our hearts to understand. And the Lord will give us the willingness to obey. God still speaks. A lot of times our emotion is raging. And we cannot hear. Or maybe even if we mistakenly hear it or we hear it, our emotion and our expectation to play into the approval and affirmation of people is so high that it's difficult for us to obey. We'll the Lord be us to us to obey in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you, Thank you very much for for that. Um, Suffering in the flesh. I think there's a scripture in um, his first or second Peter that says, um, "He who has he who has suffered in flesh has ceased from sin." So I think it's very important that we are ready, because I was writing down as you were speaking, be ready to suffer in the flesh, and that we that discerning the voice of God cannot be separated from the Word of God. So God will not speak something that is contrary to what His Word says so thank you very much for for that Um, the next
0: again, thank you for listening uh, to this first part on deception Um, please feel free to share Um, stay tuned for the part two on this topic of of deception pardon me Um, it's very important that especially during this time that we make sure that we're grounded and rooted in the word of God because the word of God is truth so that we make sure that we're not buying something else from the world and using that as our lens to make sure that the word of God is the lens that we see through so thank you again for listening to part one of deception stay tuned for part two God bless